Well, please turn in God's Word to the book of Exodus, chapter 20, and again today to verse 12 of Exodus 20, to the fifth commandment. Uh, Our two messages today are really just one enormous sermon divided into two. And this morning, as we looked at this fifth commandment, we thought about the priority of the commandment, the principle of the commandment, and the promise of the commandment. And we come now this evening to think about the practice of the commandment. How does this principle of honoring those in authority over us, and particularly our natural parents, how does that work out in practice? The commandment says in Exodus 20, verse 12, Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Well, what precisely does it mean to honor our father and our mother? And by extension, as we saw this morning, all those who are in a God-given position of authority over us. And we see uh, from Scripture that honor involves at least three things. It involves respect, obedience, and care. Honoring our parents means that we respect them, that we obey them, and that we care for them. So let's look at these each in turn. First of all, respect, respect. Uh, In Leviticus 19 and verse 3, uh, where the commandments are being expanded and elaborated upon as as the rest of the law unpacks uh, the Decalogue, the Ten Commandments, Leviticus 19 verse 3 says, Each of you must respect his mother and father. And the word that is used there, the word respect, is the same word that's used of our attitude to God in Leviticus 19, verse 14. And it's the same word that's used of the respect that we ought to have for God's sanctuary in Leviticus 19, verse 30. It's a very solemn word. It's a word that has the sense of fear. It has to do with our attitude There must be a reverence, a healthy fear, an element of awe in our attitude to our parents. And again, this is especially relevant to you younger boys and girls. All of these things, well, certainly the first two points tonight uh, are very, very relevant for all of you. Uh, It's true for all of us, but especially for the younger boys and girls. There should be a reverence, uh, an element of awe in our attitude to our parents. And of course, that just flies completely in the face of so much modern thinking about parenting, doesn't it? Uh, Where parents are to be friends to their children, to treat them as equals. Uh, That that seems to be uh, very much the case, or worse, Worse than children treating their parents as if they are equals, children treat their parents as if they are inferiors. 
they talk down to their parents. They treat their parents uh, as if they are beneath them. They speak to them with contempt. They speak about them with contempt. And God says that we are to respect our father and mother with the same kind of respect uh, that we have for the Lord himself. God says parents are not on a level with their children. They are not beneath their children. Parents are over their children. And they are to be treated in that way. They are to be treated with reverence, just like God is over us. Of course, he is exalted infinitely above us and to be treated with awe. In any case, children, I think, don't want parents to be their friends. Uh, Not in that sense. Their friends are their friends. Their peers are their friends. And what children need from us as parents is for us to be parents, to set clear boundaries for them, to give them a secure, stable world in which to live, to be consistent in our discipline. Children whose parents allow them to do whatever they want very often are very unhappy children. And this inward attitude of respect, this awe, this fear, this reverent fear that we have towards our parents will then work itself out in our actions and in our words towards our parents and about our parents. You can't claim to respect your mother and father if you speak in a cheeky, insolent way towards them. If you ignore what your mommy and daddy tell you to do, then you're not respecting them. You're treating them with contempt. If you speak about mommy and daddy in a disrespectful way to other people, then you're not honoring them. You're not respecting them. And this is one of the areas, I think, that our children are, and our teenagers, maybe particularly our teenagers, are most at risk from the world's brainwashing. We need to be so careful, so protective of what we let our children watch on television. And especially now, and this is much harder to control, uh, what they watch on their phones and their other electronic devices. Uh, Because so much television, so much social media, so many films, they are just a vile filthy sewer uh, as far as parent-children relationships are concerned. Uh, Our children watch these things. They see children on TV speaking to their parents as if they were children in the school playground. In fact, children often on television treat their parents with far less respect than they would give their peers in the playground. Children in films and television routinely sneak around behind their parents' back doing whatever they want in complete and utter defiance of their parents' wishes. And then when they're found out, they're indignant and they're aggressive and they shout things like, you can't tell me how to run my life. 
And the parents then either back off feebly and let the child do whatever he or she wants, or they go to the opposite extreme and they treat their children unreasonably and harshly. That's the kind of thing that is just a staple diet, as far as I can see, uh, on television and in films. There are very, very few healthy role models and, and examples of parent-child relationships. And if you watch enough of that rubbish, boys and girls, and if we let our children watch enough of that kind of rubbish, then they will become deluded into thinking that that is normal uh, and that that is acceptable. Uh, and we maybe even hear our children using the same catchphrases that they've picked up from their friends or from the television. You can't tell me what to do. Stop trying to run my life for me. Stop interfering in my business. And if you ever, I hope you boys and girls, never ever would say anything like that or even think anything like that. But if you are tempted to say those things, maybe you think you're being independent. But actually, you're just copying like a little parrot what you hear on TV. We're called to respect our parents, both in our thoughts and in our practice. And it's possible to outwardly be respectful and deferential to our parents and say all the right things while inside, in our hearts, in our heads, we're laughing at them and despising them and showing contempt for them. And so it's so important, boys and girls, that you just don't do the right thing outwardly and say the right thing outwardly about mommy and daddy and to mommy and daddy, but that you guard your heart and you think very carefully about the thoughts that you allow in your head about mommy and daddy as well. We are to honor our parents. We are to esteem them highly. We are to speak to them and about them with profound respect. We are to listen carefully whenever they speak to us. Anything they say to us, we immediately must stop and pay close attention because as we thought this morning, they are the most important people in the world. So, respect, that's the first part, the first element of honoring our parents. The second aspect in the Bible of honoring our parents is obedience. Obedience. Uh, this is the part that Paul emphasizes uh, when he quotes the commandment in Ephesians 6 verse 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. And Colossians 3 verse 20. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. So, as Paul expounds this fifth commandment, uh, he emphasizes this element of obedience. Honoring your father and your mother, boys and girls, means that you obey them in everything. Now, obviously, this obedience works out differently uh, at different stages in our lives. Uh, and once a child becomes an adult, 
He's not under his parents' authority in the same way as he was when he was a child. In our culture, a child becomes uh, an adult technically at the age of 18. Under the age of 18, uh, you're still legally a child. And so for children under the age of 18, living at home, honoring your parents means that you obey your parents. It is as simple as that. You must do whatever mommy and daddy tell you to do. And you do what you're told without complaining, without arguing, and without delay. Now, I know that's not easy to do, but it's easy to understand, isn't it, boys and girls? We obey neatly, sweetly, and completely, without delay, without complaint, without argument. And any time you boys and girls answer back, any time you disobey your parents' instructions, if you defy them, if you flout their authority, if you sulk and throw a temper tantrum, you're breaking this commandment. You're sinning against God. And this is the first commandment to do with our duty to other people. Remember, we thought about this this, this morning. Uh, the first commandment to do with other people is not do not murder. It's not do not tell lies. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. The first thing God says to us, in a sense, the most important thing is you honor your mother and your father. And that means that you obey them, whatever they tell you to do. And if you don't, you're sinning against God. And the seriousness of disobeying parents is something that the Bible highlights again and again. It's put on the same level as treason and idol worship. Boys and girls, if you've read through the Old Testament yourselves or heard it read in family worship and you know lots of the stories from the Old Testament, then you know how serious a thing idol worship was and how God punished his people again and again because they worshipped idols. It was a terrible, terrible thing to do. And the Bible puts disobeying your parents on the same level as worshipping idols. Listen to what it says in Exodus 21, verse 17. Anyone who curses his father or mother must be put to death. That's a really serious punishment, isn't it? Put to death for cursing your father or mother. Deuteronomy 27, verse 16. Cursed is the man who dishonors his father or his mother. Or listen to this in Proverbs 30, verse 17. The eye that mocks a father, that scorns obedience to a mother, will be pecked out by the ravens of the valley, will be eaten by the vultures. That's what God says to us, particularly to you boys and girls. If you disobey your parents, you deserve to have your eyes pecked out by ravens and eaten by vultures. 
That's how seriously God thinks about disobeying our parents. In Romans 1, Paul describes a society under God's judgment. He says that they have been given over by God to a depraved mind to do what ought not to be done. And listen to how he describes a world under the judgment of God. He says in verses 29 and 30 of Romans 1, They have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, and depravity. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. They are gossips, slanderers, God-haters, insolent, arrogant, and boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. They disobey their parents. It's not a very striking thing to put into a list like that. All these awful, horrible, evil things that people are doing. And then right in the middle of that list, they disobey their parents. Maybe you boys and girls think it's not that big a deal. Sometimes the sins that we commit every day because we do them so often, we can forget just how awful they are. And we mustn't ever, ever forget the way that God speaks about disobeying mommy and daddy. In fact, one of the marks of the end of the world approaching will be the widespread upsurge in children being disobedient to their parents. That's what Paul tells Timothy. One of the signs that society is finally and irreparably breaking down. So, children who are still at home, still under their parents' roof, what God requires of you, above all, is that you obey your parents. And as you get older, of course, and you start to think a bit more for yourself, and you become more independent... Uh, it can get harder to obey your parents or harder for a different reason because you might start to think for yourself a little bit and you think, well, mommy and daddy have told me to do this, but I don't think they're right. I think they're wrong. And do you know something, boys and girls? It may even be that mommy and daddy are wrong. Mommies and daddies are not perfect. Uh, we're not infallible. We make mistakes we do get things wrong. And it may be that mummy and daddy are wrong about something that they've told you to do. But your responsibility before God is to obey them, even if you think they're wrong. Now, if, you, if they're telling you to do something that's wicked, that is sinful, well, then you don't obey. But just because they're telling you to do something that you think is wrong doesn't give you the right to disobey we have to submit to our parents. And submission is so important to understand because submission only really makes sense when you don't agree with the people who are in authority over you. And this is something that I've talked about a lot before over the years, uh, and I've said some of these things before, but they are so important that it's good to repeat them. Submission is something, submitting is obeying when we don't agree. When we think that the authority over us is wrong. Submission only really kicks in when you don't agree 
with the people who are in authority over you. But God has said, it doesn't matter whether you agree or not. Like that example this morning, we were thinking about uh, the boy with the iPad on the plane and the stewardess says you have to turn off all electronic devices for takeoff. And maybe you think to yourself, well, that's a silly rule. That's a stupid rule. If I keep my iPad on, it's not going to make the plane crash. Uh, I've done it lots and lots of times. I know lots of people have done it. It's a silly rule. I'm not going to obey it. But you have to obey, whether you agree with the person or not. If you think they're wrong, maybe they are wrong. But you have to obey, because that's what it means to submit. Submission only kicks in when we don't agree with those who are in authority over us. So boys and girls, as you get older, you're thinking for yourself a bit more, and maybe you think that mommy and daddy are in the wrong. Maybe you think you know better than them. Lots and lots of teenagers do think that they know better than their mums and dads. You still have to obey. You can disagree. You can even, if you do it respectfully, you can even tell your parents that you disagree. You can even try to persuade them that you're right. But you must obey. And if you can't change their mind, you must obey whatever they're telling you to do. Now, of course, for those of us who are grown up, once we're past the age of childhood, both legally and culturally, we don't have to obey our parents in the same way that we did when we were children. We're not under their direct authority any longer. I would say to adult children who are still living at home that you should respect the house rules of your parents because it's their home. You're living there under their roof. And even if you don't have to obey them in the same way that you did when you were five years old, it's not fair, it's not right. It's not just that you take all the benefits of living under your parents' roof, but refuse to accept any of the responsibilities or any of the limitations that come with living under your parents' roof. You can't pretend to be a big, grown-up, independent adult while your mummy is still doing your laundry and cooking your meals for you. You can't have your cake and eat it. You can't have it both ways. So don't think, boys and girls, as you get older and you think, well, I'm over 18 now and I'm living at home, but I'm an adult and I can come and go as I please and I can do what I want. Don't think like that. You're not independent. You're still living at home under the roof that your parents are paying for. Uh, and so don't think that you can uh, live as a, as a totally independent adult while you're still at home. Having said this, even though adult children are not obliged to obey everything their parents tell them, they'll still honor their parents by taking their advice very, very seriously, even though we don't have to follow it. Parents would be foolish to try to give orders to adult children. But if our parents have advice for us about a marriage partner or a career or some other decision, and we should seek out their advice on those things. And if they have advice for us on those things, then we do well 
to listen to it very, very carefully. You may not have to obey them. They can't really tell us you may marry him, you may not marry him, and so on. But we should listen very, very carefully to anything that they say. In all of this, we have the Lord's example, don't we? There are so many things that we would love to know about the early life and the teenage years of the Lord Jesus. In fact, down through church history, all kinds of stories have been invented to try and fill that gap because people did exactly, that's exactly what they wanted. They, they wanted to know what happened when Jesus was a child at school, when he was a teenage boy in Nazareth. But the Bible only tells us one thing, the one important thing that we need to know about the Lord Jesus as a child and a teenager. And we find it in Luke 2, 51. He went down to Nazareth with them, with Mary and Joseph, and was obedient to them. He was obedient as a teenager. Those words were written when he was 12 years old, looking forwards into his teenage years. He was obedient to his parents. And that is especially significant, isn't it, boys and girls, you teenagers in particular? Because there must have been so many times when Mary and Joseph got things wrong. We know that they got things wrong. They weren't perfect parents because they were sinners. And we know that they got things wrong because we're told that they got things wrong later on in the Gospels. We're told in Mark 3 verse 21 that Mary and her family went to seize Jesus because they thought that he was out of his mind. They heard about all that he was doing in his ministry, how he was running himself ragged so that he didn't even have time to eat. And it says they went to seize him. They were going to go and physically, forcibly take him back home to Nazareth because they thought he was mad. Mary thought that. Even the best parents make mistakes and handle things badly. And Mary and Joseph were no exception. And yet what are we told that Jesus did? He was obedient to them. He submitted to their authority because God had placed Mary and Joseph in a position of authority over him. And so he obeyed them in everything that was not sinful. And that's what you boys and girls are to do as well. You're to follow the Lord's example. He knows what it's like to be a 15-year-old, 16-year-old, 17-year-old, an 18-year-old, living at home under his parents' authority when they tell him to do something and they're in the wrong. They've come to a wrong judgment about something. And yet, he was obedient to them. Parents, we need to teach our children to obey without delay, without complaint, and without argument. And if we accept partial obedience or disobedience or delayed obedience, all we're doing is we're teaching our children to disobey. We're storing up trouble for ourselves in later life 
But we need to understand it's not just about us. It's not primarily about us. It's not just that we're beating and making a stick to beat ourselves with as our children grow older. We need to understand that our children's obedience is not primarily for our sake. It's not to make our lives easier, although it will. It's not for our convenience. It's for our children's good. As we saw this morning, we are creating all kinds of trouble for our children down the line if we teach them that it's all right to disobey their parents, those in authority over them. So honor means respect. It means obedience. And then thirdly and lastly, it means care. Honoring our father and mother means care. And here uh, the focus shifts from the younger boys and girls uh, to the older uh, young men and women. Two balancing texts from Scripture. 2 Corinthians 12 verse 14. Children should not have to save up for their parents, but parents for their children. In other words, parents care for their children in the years when they are dependent. But then the balancing text is 1 Timothy 5 verse 4. If a widow has children or grandchildren, these should learn, first of all, to put their religion into practice by caring for their own family and so repaying their parents and grandparents. For this is pleasing to God. So when our children are young, when they are helpless, when they are immature, when they are dependent, we as parents look after them. But as children grow into adulthood and our parents grow older and weaker, and perhaps uh, one of them is bereaved and left alone, gradually the roles are reversed, God says. And again, Jesus himself is our example in this. While he was hanging on the cross, preparing to bear the guilt of all the sins of all his people, to endure the wrath of God, he makes provision for the care of his mother. John 19, 26. When Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Dear woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. From that time on, this disciple took her into his home. Are your parents still alive? Are you caring for them in whatever way you can, in whatever way is appropriate and needed? Nursing homes, old people's homes, can be the 21st century's pathetic substitute for the fifth commandment. It's very much in keeping, isn't it, with the obsession of our society with convenience. We don't have the time to care ourselves, so we pay someone else to do it. And if parents will pay other people to bring up their own children, then it's no surprise or wonder that they will do the same for their parents as well. Some nursing homes are quite nice. I've been in many, and some of them are lovely, or at least they are as nice as such places can ever be. And sometimes 
our parents get to the stage where they need expert nursing care that we simply can't give. And it's selfish of us, actually, to try to keep them at home. Uh, They need something that we are no longer able to give. But the norm should be that when our parents can't be independent any longer, they come and live with us, their children, where they will be well-fed, where they will get individual attention. They'll have the stimulus of young people around them to keep their minds and their bodies active. Far, far better than sitting in some tiny little room with only a TV for company. Of course, that's not without its problems. It will mean many changes of lifestyle. It will be very inconvenient, perhaps, for us as children. It will interrupt the smooth rhythm of life. It can be demanding. It may involve a drain on our resources. It will mean extra cooking and extra cleaning, looking after them if they are sick. But of course, all of those things are no more than what our parents did for us, gladly for many years, and they never thought of it as a burden. So how can we fail to do the same for them in their turn? And maybe your parents aren't at that stage yet. They're in good health. They're quite independent. That's wonderful. But there are still plenty of ways that we need to care for them. Do you keep in touch? Do you see them regularly? Do you involve them in every way you can in the life of your family? Do you consult them and ask for their advice? It's so sad that many parents just feel completely shut out of their children's lives. And of course, this is a two-way street. Perhaps I need to speak to some of the parents that are here. You need to be willing to let your children help you. Sometimes parents who are so unselfish and self-sacrificing, they just don't want to be a burden. And you hear that often. and, And they won't accept help. And I would say to you that God's Word requires you that you're prepared to accept help. Children are to care for parents, and parents are to let their children carry out that God-given responsibility of caring for them. Respect, obedience, and care. Thomas Watson, the Puritan minister, says, let children be living commentaries on this commandment. Every one of us is a son or a daughter. And I wonder, could you say, this is challenging to think of this, but could you say to a non-Christian, do you want to know what this commandment means? Just look at me. Just watch how I treat my parents. Listen to how I speak to them, how I speak about them. See how I honor my parents. You boys and girls, can you say to your non-Christian friends, If you want to know what it means to honor your father and mother, come home with me and just you watch how my brothers and sisters and I treat my parents. That's what it means. That's what it looks like to honor your father and mother. Well, may God help each one of us in all of our different stages of life to honor our father and our mother. Amen.
Our Heavenly Father, we do thank you for the blessings of family. We thank you that you have given to every one of us a father and a mother. We thank you for the blessings that you have poured into our lives through them. And we pray that you will help us in our turn to honor our father and our mother. We pray that you will help us to do that, whether our parents are still living or whether they have passed away. Help us to honor their memory uh, in the way that we live, in the way that we carry on the legacy that they have given to us. We pray, Lord God, that you will help our children, uh, these young children and teenagers especially, when the influence of the world is so uh, prevalent uh, all around them, pressing in uh, and setting before them such bad examples uh, of what it means to, uh, uh, to, to relate to parents. We pray that you will protect them and that you will give them the grace that they need to resist all of these evil influences and to listen to your word and to honor their father and mother. Lord, we pray that you will convict children and teenagers and young people and adults this evening. All of us, Lord, we pray that if there is any deficiency in our respect, in our obedience, or in our care for our parents, we pray that you will put your finger upon that uh, deficiency, that you will convict us of it, and that you will give us the grace that we need to turn from these sins this very night, to confess them to our parents, to confess them to our children, uh, and to repent of them. Help us, Lord, we pray, to turn away from dishonoring our father and mother, and help us from now on more consistently to pursue honor, the honor that is due to our parents, and not just to our parents, but to all those that you have placed in authority over us. And we pray that as we do this, we will bring glory and honor to you, our Heavenly Father. For in honoring our earthly parents and in honoring those who are in authority over us here on earth, we are really honoring you. Help us to obey them in the Lord. And now may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.